Hey there guys and welcome back to the Travis and Damien Podcast, episode 83. We're available on anchor.fm slash Travis Damien Podcast, along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, many more. Today we're going to be talking about gaming and entertainment news, including everything going on within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Then we'll talk about our recent activities, including Horizon Zero Dawn and a bunch of anime slash manga. Lastly, our thoughts on the brand new Batman movie with Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson and also that deleted scene featuring the Joker. So first piece of news, uh, we're just going to jump into the Marvel stuff. So Sean Levy is set to direct Deadpool 3, which is someone that I did not expect to direct the third entry within Deadpool. Especially since because he comes from Stranger Things and a lot of his directorial work has not been all that great from my understanding um obviously like stranger things has popped off and is still one of the biggest netflix properties out there despite the hype obviously dying down over over the years because of covid and season four being delayed so many times um but i mean they've had a relationship a sort of partnership throughout the last couple of years starting with free guy and most recently with project adam or whatever which was a netflix movie that (laughs) wasn't all that great um but (laughs) (laughs) you know we're just gonna have to wait and see exactly what sean levy can bring to the table and how this relationship of theirs can really uh blossom within deadpool 3 yeah i mean like yeah, it's going to be interesting, right? Because, yeah, obviously, we both love Stranger Things. And I think he did a great job with Stranger Things. And I think it had good humor and it has a good plot and characters and stuff. But I feel like somebody else... I mean, I didn't watch, like, Free Guy or whatever. I heard it was, like, <laughs> fine. Yeah. The Adam Project we watched. And that was... Um, <clears throat> yeah, that wasn't great. <laughs> I, I, I mostly feel like the plot in that movie was just, like, all over the place and the humor wasn't great. But, um... I don't know, maybe with the, you know, with Deadpool, maybe he'll have more help and advisors to, like, you know, help him, like, write the character and what they want to do with him. Um, I don't know if he's going to, like, connect fully with the MCU. I mean, yeah, probably, but, like, I don't know how serious it will get (laughs) in terms of Mm -hmm. that. But, um, I don't know. I I mean, I hope it turns out good because, like, you know, he has kind of a shaky track record. And, you know, I think those are always, like, the wild card where you don't really know what to expect. But, you know, sometimes people could surprise you with, like how good they could do stuff so i guess we're just gonna have to wait and see with this like we really just need to see the first trailer right because this is gonna mm-hmm. like this deadpool is gonna be entirely new like you know like because uh, under disney and now it's gonna have like a bunch of mcu material to work with so it's definitely gonna be like a different beast from the first two um and i thought the first two were great so you know especially the first one um so yeah we're just gonna see how this turns out under disney and you know new directors and vision and stuff so yeah <laughs> definitely gonna wait for the, the first trailer yeah i mean the fact that now deadpool is under the mcu sort of umbrella is very interesting they could definitely make a lot of jokes and a sort of lot of humor with that which i think can be a lot of fun i think that deadpool 3 has the potential of being the best one out of all of them just because of that i think all of the inside jokes and the sort of humor that that they could bring in now that he's part of the mcu can be a lot of fun but obviously we're just gonna have to wait and see exactly what they decide to do with it because it is under the Disney umbrella. We know that they recently brought over all of the Netflix shows while keeping them all TVMA slash rated R. So hopefully Deadpool 3 stays that way because they did try a sort of like PG-13 cut of Deadpool 2 with the sort of like Christmas uh, special or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I saw that in theaters because I was just like, screw it, why not? Let's see how this really shapes up. Other than the few couple of brand new scenes, there was a lot of things that they obviously obviously censored and sort of uh kept out from the original original deadpool 2 which i could notice just because i know that there's a rated r version of it but i think a a pg-13 deadpool can't work in my opinion i think that you really have to keep this character rated r especially since because the first movie did so well as a rated r film i feel like changing that up within the third film can do a lot of things uh badly if i can say that (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, I feel like I think we talked about this before. But I think the problem with like a PG thirteen Deadpool or more kid friendly Deadpool is he goes into like the too random, like holds up spork like type of humor. <laughs> um that we see in like some other things. Like I think him being rated R, you could just do more creative jokes and it could just be funnier instead of being like, Oh, enchilada, haha, funny and like he does <laughs> random stuff, you know. Like I just for me it, it, you know, that Deadpool doesn't really work and it's just not like good. <laughs> so um yeah, going R is like definitely the way to go with Deadpool, especially because the first two movies just show how funny and good it could be <laughs> when he just goes crazy with it. So um yeah, hoping to keep that same direction and tone just with all the extra resources that they could get from Disney and just the MCU. Like, you have so many more jokes you could do. I mean, I highly doubt they're going to make anything too bad looking for the other heroes. Like, they probably don't mm-hmm. be like, because, <laughs> you know, it's still like Disney <laughs> and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, we're just going to have to wait and see. When I see that first trailer, it's definitely going to set the tone for how I feel about this movie and like whether I should be excited or not. Because I'm still kind of like, you know, cautious about it. Yeah. Understandable. All right. So next up, we got, yeah, there's a lot of we got a lot of Marvel <laughs> news here. So Miss Marvel got its trailer. Um, is obviously going to be a Disney Plus show. We right knew that, but the big thing about this is like her power is like definitely like very different from what it usually is. Mm-hmm. So usually she has like stretchy powers, right? Like she has yes. like she could like you know like stretch and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this <laughs> but in this trailer, it looks like she has like a more like Green Lantern looking thing going on. Like she could like summon like shields and. And one scene, she looks like she's doing, like, more of her classic power, but it's with, like, this light ring bracelet thing. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a different take on her power, uh, which I don't think is going to be a big deal for a lot of people because a lot of people don't even know who she really is anyway. So, um, sort of, like, retconning her power um, to, like, this uh, probably shouldn't be that big a deal for a lot of people. It's just kind of a little interesting thing, uh, probably because they're, I think they're rebooting Fantastic Four again, right? And they yes. probably don't want to be like, okay, we have two, like, stretchy, like, women. Like, we, we, like mm-hmm. maybe we should make one a little different. So, uh, yeah, they decided to change up her power and stuff. Um, but besides that, uh, it kind of look, uh, looks like what I was, like, expecting. Like, you know, she's a younger superhero. She's going through all her, you know teenage stuff and school stuff but also being a superhero it's kind of what i expected this show to be like you know maybe a little more lighthearted, you know a little more like stuff like that more coming of age story and stuff so uh kind of looking like what i thought this would look like and um yeah i'm pretty excited for it um you know she's already like a big fanboy of the avengers and stuff so it's gonna be interesting to see you know how the marvel heroes that we all know like influence the people in this universe and stuff and how she could be her own hero and stuff so yeah definitely looks uh like it could be fun yeah i mean as a person that has read the first initial run of her comic of couple years ago i literally picked it up at my local library because i was just hanging out there and i was just like i've fuck it, I, I, I need something to read. So I picked up that volume and I read it and I really enjoyed it. It took me maybe a year or two after that to really pick up all of the other five volumes or something like that and read the full first run of this character. And I really enjoyed it. And a lot of people are honestly upset at, at the way that they changed their power, which like I was very surprised too, obviously as a person that has read the comics, um, seeing the way that they changed her powers from being a stretchy woman to being uh, this sort of like, I guess like space sort of like uh, Green Lantern sort of power as you described it, Damien. Yeah. And it's very weird in my opinion. I don't know why they would change it. Like you said, they probably don't want people mixing her power up with Mr. Fantastic when that movie eventually does come out. But I think even then, I don't think that that's really a strong enough reason to really change her powers and on top of that i think that they added some other things to her 
powers as well like the shield and sort of like her stepping on those like cosmic rocks i was like what the fuck is going on here like this yeah. is not this is not the uh, miss marvel that i know personally but obviously like mcu they have always done things differently they've always changed things up to make it different and a lot more interesting i mean like i love iron man 3 iron man 3 is my favorite iron man movie and they literally did a whole re uh makeover of uh what's his name the goddamn villain of that movie and i honestly really enjoyed that and they've changed other things within the mcu that i can't really bring up on the, the top of my head but you know they've changed stuff in the past and you know people are bringing up on how like uh sam raimi spider-man you know he had organic web shooters or whatever and like that's not that big of a deal in my opinion obviously like you know that character has is is just so old at this point it's gonna be almost 20 years old soon so it's kind of hard to compare that spider-man to this brand new version of miss marvel especially since this is like the first really big adaptation of the character she was introduced within the avengers uh square enix game but this is gonna be like the first time mainstream mainstream audiences are gonna see this character and i'm a little concerned by the way that they're taking this approach obviously like uh, a lot of what the original comic had to do with her being like Muslim and her being like an actual like brown kid like that was a big part of her story and it feels like that within this first trailer anyways like that like they're not gonna deal with that sort of like racism stuff maybe it's because of Disney or whatever it is but I think that that should have been a much more key central part of the show because people on Twitter and and I agree with their points of being like you know the reason why her powers were stretchy and the reason why she had that kind of power was because she felt out of place and she felt left out and you know with that kid making fun of her you know wearing that marvel shirt or like that superhero shirt i'm like come on you know like there's obviously like ways to adapt things but that way of just like sort of changing it all together where it's like you know sort of like making fun of her for who she is and her and her skin of color to making it all you know what she's interested in which is sort of like uh, I think someone brought it up on Twitter that, you know, it's like sort of like an 80s sort of uh, trope. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of fucking stupid. But, you know, obviously, like I was very, very excited when they announced the show and, and when we saw the, the set photos for it, just because it looked very faithful and sort of like what they were trying to do to make it look like the original sort of adaptation or the original comic, the original version that I saw of this character. And I'm still looking forward to it. It's just that I'm a little concerned as to what's going to happen with this character within the context of the MCU because they're changing a lot of stuff for her and they're sort of changing how the story also plays out. But obviously, like, it can't all work out in the end. I just feel like that the original source material was a lot stronger. Obviously, it's been years since I've read the original comic, so maybe some of the the things I literally just said are wrong, but I feel like that a lot of what the original character that I really gravitated towards and what I really loved is sort of missing from this adaptation of the character. But that's just me. That's just my opinion. I'm not exactly sure what else I could really say, but I'm still looking forward to it, but I'm very, very cautious of how this show is going to play out. Um, Obviously, like I love fucking coming of age stories. I love sort of slice of life uh, sort of medias and, you know, shows, anime, whatever. And this show obviously looks right up my alley and I'm definitely going to be watching it when it comes out on June 8th. But, you know, obviously just a little concerned with it. Yeah, it's kind of weird that uh, didn't go more with the whole like I guess like racism thing because they they did it with Falcon and Winter Soldier like they they were like pretty um you know they did go for that in that one so it kind of weird it didn't like kind of go for it in this one at least from just the trailers and stuff like just going with the um the whole like oh yeah you're like a nerd <laughs> like let's laugh <laughs> at you type thing yeah so that seems a little weird that like, maybe they could have like gone for that angle but um 
I don't know. I guess they are just changing it like a lot. And um, like you said, as someone that doesn't know anything or that much about Miss Marvel, besides what I know from like the the Avengers game, um, I, I personally like you know I'm I'm just gonna wait until I see this adaptation of it. Um, Mm-hmm. And hopefully to do it well, you know, because you know I, I know the fans of the comics are you know really like this character and stuff, so it'd be cool to see her get a faithful, uh, well not faithful, but you know like a, a good you know adaptation here in the MCU. Because uh, I know not everyone's a fan of how they adapt certain characters and stuff, but for me personally, I, I you know I've been okay with everything. <laughs> I mean, I guess the biggest thing I could say is like Spider Man, right? Because that's the one I have the most attachment. Like I like the way yeah. the MCU did Spider Man. I know, and again, some people don't, but I personally like I've always like really kind of trusted like what they're doing with them. That's what with Tom Holland having like his own arc and stuff and you know all that stuff paid off that people were complaining about with the Iron Man Jr. and stuff so hopefully this <laughs> will also like you know sort of like have a good payoff or just have this character evolve over the uh, the next phases and stuff so yeah I- I'm personally looking forward to it but yeah I can understand the uh, caution that some people have especially if you were into that original source material yeah, because when I saw her having glowing hands, I was like, "What the fuck are they doing?" <laughs> yeah, I do. I do hope they don't make it like like really op or anything for mm-hmm. no reason. Like she's just like, "Oh, I have like space powers." Because I think that's my problem with like a lot of heroes that are like way too strong. Like Captain Marvel, I think is like way too strong. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why I also don't like Superman because I think Superman is also like way too strong. Where he's just like not fun to like follow. Um, so hopefully she doesn't follow that same like super op like trap, but. I guess we'll see. I think Scarlet Witch does it the best because she has like issues. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but she's also OP, but she has like like you know problems. So. Yeah, she has like human issues. You know. Yeah, so something I, think, that... I think that's what ma- yeah I think that's what makes her fun to like follow. But yeah, yeah, something that people can relate to. But just very quickly, you know, just uh, them using Spider Man's first three movies as like his origin story because of how they brought him into the MCU and it was very sloppy. And you know, by the end of No Way Home, we're able to you know get back to Peter Parker from uh, you know from what people know. You know. Not to spoil it, but, you know, uh, a a much more resembling Peter Parker that people like from the comics and shit like that. But uh, one thing that I can say about this trailer is that I hope that they keep the sort of, like, uh, I guess, like, comic book aesthetic that they got going on here with, like, the uh, sort of, like, hundred emojis and, like, all of this, like, other shit that's going on within, like, the characters. It reminds me of Scott Pilgrim. I think someone said it yeah. in the uh, comment section of this video, you know. I hope that they keep that within the show itself because I think that that'll make it stand out visually a lot. Um, and also using the weekend's blinding lights, you know, I fucking love the weekend. So, you know, them using that song for this trailer, very, very fitting. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm very cautious about this adaptation, but I'm still looking forward to it, uh, when it comes out June 8th. So, you know, just a few months away and, uh, hopefully that it, 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 it lands on his feet because a lot of these Marvel shows have not been able to land on their feet. Um, unfortunately, but, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So next bit of news, obviously. This is mine. Daredevil. <laughs> Disney Plus reboot. Uh, it is reportedly in the works. So um, I actually just started rewatching Daredevil on Disney Plus because I was like, fuck it, why not? And also I want to show my girlfriend it. So I was like, yeah, we're going to we're gonna fucking watch this show. So um, obviously uh, I forgot a lot of the violence that happens in this show. Like some, <laughs> yeah. of, some of the kills and some of the, the deaths. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about that. Um, obviously like one of like the more iconic ones with the uh, car door. I think I think everyone remembers uh, yeah. that one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't even watch it. I know about it. <laughs> yeah, like everyone remembers that. But some of the other ones I was like, oh shit. Um, so yeah, yeah. 
reportedly they're gonna make a daredevil season four which honestly if you asked me a couple years ago if that was gonna happen i would have said fuck no just because it got canceled and it seemed like marvel didn't really want to acknowledge these characters but now that they're officially brought into the the mcu with hawkeye and spider-man no way home i'm very interested to see on what they decide to do for this character and if those netflix shows mean anything you know because one thing that i think would benefit this uh season four of daredevil a lot was if there was some sort of time jump or um if they sort of explain things in a way that makes sense to netflix audiences but also bring in new people that have never watched the netflix shows you know um obviously like this is a very sort of like slippery slope because people love the netflix uh, version of daredevil including myself just because the way that they adapted that character and the way that they sort of intertwined it in in its own like little bubble of like the defender sort of thing was very very good and by the end of season three i was very much looking forward to possibly more um so maybe they'll pick up from where they left out there or maybe they'll do a soft reboot or whatever they decide to do i just cannot wait to see more of child of, of uh, charlie cox as matt murdoch because he literally is daredevil like 100 like there's no one else that i can really see take on this character today and i cannot wait to see what kevin feige and marvel studios have in store just because daredevil is such a f- cool fucking character and i'm very very uh you know sad to see that there's not as many people interested in and as hyped for you know when he showed up in spider-man no way home but you know hopefully that with this new sort of reboot it is able to bring more people in and maybe they'll go back and watch the old netflix series but that's my little ramble on Daredevil. <laughs> um, yeah, I basically just really have to watch it. <laughs> I get it. Like, you and my brother, like, are, like, constantly, like, you have to watch it. I'm like, okay, I need yeah. to watch it. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, like, when he showed up in No Way Home, my brother's just like, yo. <laughs> like, so, yeah, that, I mean, I could tell, like, you know, and he, he is, like, a good, like, you know, from what I could tell, like, a good Daredevil and stuff. So, I really did need to, like, watch it myself. But, um, yeah, I guess, like, them wanting to integrate him more to the MCU. You know, we've seen him and another person. I mean, I, don't, I, I won't say it, but, you know, in Hawkeye, there was another person. <laughs> so it, they clearly want to, like, have him more in the MCU, which, you know, he's a perfect fit and stuff. And I think he would be cool in, like, a, like a future Spider-Man thing as well, since, you know, New York. <laughs> so, like, it would make sense why he would be there. Um, I just hope that, you know, if they do do, like, a reboot and stuff, it doesn't, like, mess anything up. <laughs> so, um, like, I don't know, like, how they would really go about it. Um, like, uh, like, I don't know if they would just totally discard everything from the Netflix stuff, because if they do want to, like, lower the age rating, right? Like, they don't want, like, little Timmy watching, like, yeah, someone's hanging <laughs> crush on the car door. Um, so they might just do, like, a, like, a thing where he's like, oh, I did this and stuff, and then, like, he's like, you don't even watch it, don't worry if you don't want to. Um, <laughs> so, and, and that's kind of what I think they, they might do with it, but, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I just hope fans... Again, this, this is, like, a big thing right now. I hope the fans are happy with whatever they put out and it doesn't, like, alienate them too much. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 it's really, like... It has to suck to be, like, I love this version of Daredevil. He's back. We got everyone back. And then they make a new, like, season or reboot. And it just feels different. Like, it's not even the same, even though everyone else is, like, the same. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that must, like, really suck because you're, like, so close to greatness. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I believe in it. I, I, think the, uh, I think they could do it. Like, I think... We're really starting to see Disney really dip their toes and hopefully more R-rated stuff or, like, more mature stuff. Um, you know, MCU has some dark moments, but it never had anything that's, like, rated R. So hopefully with Deadpool 3 and, like, this Deadpool... Uh, Deadpool. Daredevil reboot, like, they're able to, like, kind of push the age rating a little more. Like, yeah, it's, like, like some heroes are going to be more violent and just, like, more dark because that's just how they are. And, like, you know, just because it's Marvel doesn't mean it has to be, like, a rated PG-13 thing, you know? Like, I think it's mm-hmm. fine to go for a more mature thing if it, like, fits the character. So... Um, 
um hopefully they, they don't like pussy out on it <laughs> like just <laughs> go all in you know yeah i mean i think charlie cox said it at one of one of the many panels that he attended but he was like i i think he said something along the lines of a pg-13 daredevil can work obviously like the rated r stuff is sort of like uh, I guess like synonymous with this character at this point, you know, like when people think of Daredevil and and they watch the Netflix show, they probably think of the the amount of violence, the amount of blood and shit like that that happens within that show because it does play a role in the story and context of this character. So you know them maybe pulling it back a little bit, maybe doing a PG thirteen or screw it, you know, just go full in with the rated R and do another TVMA season of Daredevil. I think that that can work as well, but we're just gonna have to wait and see. Uh, so Marvel, our next piece of news here is, again, more Marvel. <laughs> Marvel's developing a Nova <laughs> project. So um, apparently here, apparently it's one of the writers from the from Moon Knight that are getting him to write this new show. Um, I, again, I don't really like... That, all it says is that he wrote like Moon Knight. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Or he helped write with Moon Knight, I should say. Um, and, you know, that hasn't come out yet, so I don't really know how that's going to turn out. Um, as of right now, we don't know if this is going to be a Nef- uh, I'm sorry, a Disney Plus thing or a movie. I- I'm assuming it's going to be a Disney Plus thing at this point, um, <laughs> since so many um, of the new heroes are getting put onto Disney Plus, which is fine. Um, uh, but yeah, again, we don't really know how good Moon Knight is going to be. From the trailers, it looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, we have no idea until it comes out March 30th. And uh, you know, apparently they have a lot of confidence in him that he's just like, okay, you're doing the next hero now. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that, that I don't know if that's like indicated of how good Moon Knight's gonna be or what, but um, you know that that's a lot of, you know trust to put into a dude who just like you know started writing for like the first like you know show here. So I guess we're gonna have to wait and see. I, I don't really know much about Nova either. Mm-hmm. All I really know is he's always in like the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games and stuff, and like he's like space powers and stuff. So that's kind of cool, I guess. But again, <laughs> I don't really know about him. But that's usually how like to have these Marvel things, like all these heroes I don't really know about, getting like into the spotlight, and I can see all their cool powers and villains and stuff. So yeah, so um, you know, hopefully Moon Knight's good, and then I could like see how hype I could be for this show or or movie, wherever it's gonna be. Uh, but yeah, as you can see, like Marvel's definitely like you know moving forward like really hard right now like they're pumping out shows and movies like crazy yeah i think even faster than they ever did in like some of the earlier phases just because uh disney plus is a thing they're able to just like just pump out these things and you know i know some people aren't a big fan of the disney plus shows i mean i think they're fine <laughs> like, I, I mean i personally have not mind them like at all like mm-hmm. I, I think i think they're fine um but um you know i'd rather have these shows rather than like try to get my ass to see like thor the dark world or something and then like even though i don't think any of the, the shows have been bad as that so like I, I i don't know i i've definitely been a little more not as critical about the shows as some other people uh but yeah i i'm definitely looking forward to moon knight and i guess we'll see how that show's writing is so we can get you know excited for this show yeah, I mean, a Nova project sounds very cool because I know that there's a lot of people that like Nova. I only know Nova from uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon show, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I did genuinely give that show a shot and that shit was just terrible. But Nova as a character is, is like pretty cool and it looks like it'll be a Disney Plus show. We don't know just yet. But the... Uh, the guy that they got on, uh, Sabir Pizada, hopefully I pronounced that right, uh, he wrote episode three and four of Moon Knight, so hopefully those episodes are bangers, because if they are, then that will be a indication of what might to come for Nova, but 
yeah, I mean, with the whole like Disney Plus shows versus the movies, obviously, like with the current time still, you know, COVID is still a goddamn thing. So people are still cautious and worry about going out and seeing a movie. But especially with these lesser known heroes and these lesser known projects, I think it's appropriate to put them on, you know, Disney Plus. Like who would have seen WandaVision if it was like a a movie right sort of thing and also right. like with the shows themselves they're able to flesh out characters more with eight with eight episodes you know and that's sort of like almost eight hours worth of content um you know some shows could use 13 hawkeye is definitely one of them that could have that could have used 13 and maybe some of the other shows that um i can't remember on the top of my head right now but you know the other marvel shows have definitely benefited from being eight episodes instead of like a two to three hour movie so yeah, you know, I think that with the whole Disney Plus thing that's going on right now, and also because it is Disney that they're able to just pump out money and pump out these shows and these new projects and these new characters so fast and so quickly that, you know, when we do get to the the next Avengers movie, the first one after Endgame, it's going to be pretty big with the amount of people in it and whatever type of story that they want to tell uh, from the comics. You know, we're just going to have to wait and see because, you know, Thanos was obviously like a pretty, pretty big, big character. So I wonder what they're going to do next for a sort of Avengers like uh, movie. But, you know, uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. Obviously, Nova is kind of exciting and I wonder how well it'll do, especially because of them bringing on a Moon Knight writer that, you know, the show hasn't even been out yet, but they have a lot of trust and faith in him. So hopefully it does well. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I, I'm thinking like they might just do like Galactus or something, right? Because like mm-hmm. with Miss um, Marvel's whole thing looks a lot like more spacey now, like it's like a lot of space stuff, and Nova's like a space type hero. I wonder if she's gonna do like Galactus or something next. Like, I feel like that's like that's like the biggest thing you could go literally. So I wonder <laughs> if they are gonna go for that. Um, but yeah, that's that's gonna be pretty interesting to see with uh, whatever the next phase is. I just definitely like a. Uh, like a build-up phase than anything. You know, we're building up mm-hmm. new heroes and stuff and, you know, to see, like, whatever the next new Avengers movie is going to be. Because, like you said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a pretty pretty crazy Avengers movie because of how many new heroes we have. So, yeah. All right. So, next bit of news we got here is The Last of Us TV show. There were set leaks that feature Sam and Henry. Uh, and if you played The Last of Us, you know that those are pretty two big characters for the arc of Joel and Ellie to sort of run into them and sort of meet them and sort of see them as like a parallel to themselves. Um, so we don't know who who these actors are uh, in terms of who's playing Sam and Henry, but we can see the costumes firsthand of Joel and Ellie and my God. I mean, just like by the look of the show, it looks very, very faithful to the games. And obviously it's not that hard to really recreate The Last of Us into like a movie or a TV show just because it is so grounded within reality. Um, so I cannot wait to see what the show actually uh, comes up with because this is a HBO series. So they're probably going to do whatever they really want for a TV show. Um, and with Pedro Pascal and uh, Belly, or Bella Ramsey, or what's her name? Um, it's going to be very, very fun to see how these characters are portrayed by those two actors, especially since you know people love Joel and Ellie. And even after The Last of Us Part Two, people love those characters and they want more of them. And even if even if this is a retelling of the first game, which I think is a pretty good start to sort of just retell that story. And maybe afterwards, you know, maybe in like a season two, we can explore some other stuff and maybe some other shenanigans that the duo came up with. But I think a lot of Joel and Ellie's story was really told within both games. It's just that within part two, it was told within the form of flashbacks and you were able to piece it together by the end of Ellie's story. But yeah, very, very excited to hopefully one of these days see a goddamn trailer for the show yeah. because, uh, you know, 
these set leaks, these photos, you know, it's it's only doing so much. But, you know, once we see these characters in action and these actors really take on those characters in a actual trailer, it's going to be very, very cool. Yeah, I mean, I think the casting is, like, good. Because I know the problem with the Uncharted movie. Like, I know you, you have a lot of issues <laughs> with, the, with the casting in that one. So I think the casting in this show looks a lot better. Like, mm-hmm. I could, like, picture, like, these characters as these actors and stuff. Um, but, again, we're going to have to wait for a trailer because, uh, you know, this show has been, like, everywhere for a while. Like, just with set leaks and, like, the casting things have been showing. But um, no trailer yet. And I, I don't really know when we're going to get one. But um, hopefully soon because, you know, uh, with the Uncharted movie coming out, I don't think a lot of people were, like, that thrilled about it. So I feel like Sony's like, okay, we got to gotta make this one good. <laughs> so, um I know Sony isn't really like making it like HBO and stuff, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I definitely think it has the the chops to be like a big HBO show since you know HBO usually has like some good shit and like I'm pretty sure Last of Us like fits. I, I've said this before, but I think Last of Us definitely fits that HBO like thing and honestly just like a good zombie show because you know I, I you know the first few seasons of Walking Dead were like really good, right? But then they like mm-hmm. kind of became shit. <laughs> but uh, I, I could go for another zombie show. Obviously, I would want to play the game first and then like compare it if I do end up watching the show. But um, you know, I, I I think people are in the um are in the mood for another good zombie show since we we don't really have one. <laughs> and uh, honestly, zombies have I know Last of Us isn't all about the zombie stuff, but I feel like that's how they're probably going to advertise it with the clickers and stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how to go around with that and like just how they will like evolve this series. Like if they do Last of Us Part Two or however well else they do, you know, I don't know if season one is just gonna be all Last of Us season one. Uh, I'm sorry, The Last of Us 1. I highly doubt it. I'm pretty sure it's going to be like a multi-season thing just for the first game. But um, I guess we'll see because uh, I don't know if you could adapt all of that in like a one-season thing, you know? Well, I'm feeling mm-hmm. rash anyway. Yeah, I mean, the casting choice is very, very good. I mean, Tom Holland and uh, what's his name? Fucking, Mark Wahlberg. Fucking, yeah, nah. I can I cannot <laughs> see them as uh, as Jake and Sully. Like, it is very, very hard just because those, those two actors are like blockbuster sort of selling actors, obviously. Uh, when it comes to Pedro Pascal, like if you're in the know with Star Wars, obviously like that's the Mandalorian. But at the same time, when you see him put on the Joel outfit, that's Joel, obviously. So, but you know, I I I just can't wait to see a trailer for this show because you know after part two, which I didn't hate completely, but you know I did have my issues with it. I just cannot wait to you know enjoy the Last of Us stuff again, just because this show it it looks like it's going to be a very very good adaptation of it. So. All right, so next up, CD Projekt Red. Uh, they're announcing a new Witcher game, which is like like a picture. It's like, here it is. We're making a new Witcher game. It is going to be made in Unreal 5, which is cool. Uh, you know, they kind of just abandoned their own engine, which a lot of people are doing nowadays, which is <laughs> fair. You know, Unreal is a really good engine. It just works. Not like everyone else's engines like that always are buggy as hell. Um, but this is, um, you know, this is quite a surprise because you know cd project red you know they released um cyberpunk like two years ago or three i think now i can't remember it's been actually been a while now uh and you know that game kind of shot the bed right <laughs> like a lot of people weren't very happy with it it was very buggy you know mm-hmm. didn't really uh deliver on a lot of its things i mean i personally enjoyed it but also had like no hype for it i kind of just bought it because i was like well let's see what all the fuss is about and then i played it like, <laughs> it was all right you know I-, I liked it um so yeah so now that they're making witcher five or witcher four sorry uh, or that's what I guess we're assuming is going to be called. Uh, you know, they really have proved themselves because, you know, Cyberpunk was kind of a disaster. They're fixing it now, and I think there's supposed to be DLC for that game still, but they haven't really said anything about that. They've kind of just been fixing that game. So uh, to, for them to announce another huge RPG like Witcher, you know, I think they, they really got to prove themselves. I think 
CD Projekt Red really has to just be like, okay, we're just going to deliver a good just RPG, you know, Western RPG uh, with some good quests, some good world building or whatever, and that's it. Like, don't promise the world like you did with CD, uh, with uh, Cyberpunk because I think that was their real issue with it. Uh, Cyberpunk, they were promising, like, oh, it's going to be like GTA. There's going to be like a million things you could do, and then ended up, you know, nothing ended up being true. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, hopefully with Witcher, they keep their expectations, you know, a little more realistic on what they could do. Uh, you know, I think people just want another Witcher 3, but just a little bit bigger in scope. And hopefully that's what they aim for. Because, uh, yeah, Cyberpunk was definitely something more than, you know, a bit more than it could chew in that case. Um, so, yeah, hopefully uh, this game can end up good. Because, you know, I actually did end up liking Cyberpunk. They, there's some good ideas in there. And I actually have not played Witcher 3 yet. But, you know, obviously I hear nothing but good things about that game. So hopefully CD Projekt Red could, like, get back on their feet with this game. Um, and it seems like they actually are, like, in a partnership with uh, Epic. So... If you want to get this game on PC, it's probably going to be stuck in the Epic Game Store. Kind of <laughs> be doing some people some favors, uh, but um, that's just kind of how it is. So, yeah, hopefully uh, the game will run better because I know uh, Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk had like a shit ton of bugs just due to their engines. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully this new engine uh, sort of, uh, you know, makes it more stable <laughs> and stuff. But, yeah, uh, CD Projekt Red has a lot to prove with this game <laughs> after Cyberpunk, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think that a lot of people's trust within them is sort of gone or slowly falling off so if they mess up with this next witcher game it's gonna be really really big yikes for them i will say that um so hopefully that they'll be able to make a witcher game that runs well on the unreal engine just because you know their own engine that they've been using for the past two games cyberpunk and witcher 3 you know there have been bugs and you know it hasn't been ran the smoothest so hopefully with this new engine and sort of using an engine that you know, just works, uh, will hopefully allow them to actually create a game that they really, really want to make without as many bugs and as many glitches. And, you know, hopefully that they'll just take their time with it, guys. You know, there's, there's no reason to really pump it out, especially since because this game is probably going to be on PC and just on PS5 and Xbox Series X. Uh, there's no reason to make it on ps4 slash xbox one unless they really want to but i don't think that that's i I really hope they don't yeah (laughs) i feel like um with cyberpunk i know it's they're using unreal 5 now so they probably could do that but with cyberpunk you know the last gen uh game uh you know the ps4 and xbox one versions were complete garbage like it just did not even work and they still really don't um it was only the next gen versions that really works well and the pc version was like it ran okay so hopefully they just abandon that idea, just move on to the next generation. I know that cross-platform is kind of hot right now just because the adoption rate of the PS4 and Xbox One were, like, really high. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like at this point it's time to move on. If games are going to run like shit or if they're going to run like garbage on those older consoles, I just don't think it's worth it, as we saw with yeah. Cyberpunk. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of hope to just kind of move on with that, especially because I don't think this game is going to come out for at least, like, three, two years, right? Like, yeah. if, it, it com- if it comes out, like, next year, that would be kind of an issue. Like, I really <laughs> doubt that. But yeah, I feel like this game is still a ways off. Uh, so yeah, I guess we're gonna have to see for that. And you know, it's kind of like weird that a lot of companies are just kind of putting out like, "Here's what we're doing." Like, there's no real big bombastic thing anymore. It's just like, "Here's mm-hmm. just like a picture of our next game." Okay, bye. And um, that that's honestly probably because they have been losing a lot of talent over the last few years, especially with you know, we'll talk about it a little later. But you know, either from like harassment cases or just burnout and and crunch, that a lot of like senior developers have just been leaving on mass. You know, Blizzard has seen that, Naughty Dog has seen that, Rockstar has seen that. So it's probably why we've been seeing a lot of game companies just be like, hey, we're 
we're doing the thing. Uh, you know, if you want to <laughs> like help us make it, then you could do that by doing the, the thing. So yeah, I, I've been seeing that a lot lately with a lot of these bigger studios, and which is good. You know, I think a big work reform or them like really being like, okay, we shouldn't treat our like developers like shit because we're losing like good talent. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's a um, that's a good sign that yeah, hopefully the industry will change and people will get treated better because you know Cyberpunk has you know went through a lot of crunch just to make you know uh, I'm sorry, CD Projekt Red went through a lot of crunch just to make Cyberpunk. So um, hopefully to get the message now that it should you know treat their employees good if they want to make a good game you know I think that's pretty obvious at this point so yeah hopefully this new Witcher game is made in under better conditions and everyone could just be excited for it so yeah that's kind of all I gotta say with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean like I think the only like big studio that hasn't really been outed for crunching is Nintendo because they've yeah. been they've been very like vocal being like hey you know like we gotta we gotta delay the game. We'll just fucking delay it. I mean, like, they literally scrapped all of Metroid Prime 4 because they were like, this is not it. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and we don't know what they came up with, but they looked at it and they were like, this shit is not Metroid. So, <laughs> this shit, dog. <laughs> <laughs> they literally just threw it out and then brought in Retro Studios and they're still creating that game and hopefully when it does get revealed, when it does get revealed it'll probably come out that same year or within that year after it gets fully shown because obviously it's been years since we saw metroid prime 4 but um going back to witcher and cyberpunk and everything about cd project red you know they just have to take their time no rush because if they mess up this one the studio will probably no longer be trusted by the game community as a whole obviously like there's gonna be people that are still gonna be like well you know if they mess this one up, I'll give them one more chance sort of thing, you know, but in my opinion, in my eyes, I think that if they mess up one more time and it's as big of a problem as Cyberpunk 2077 was, where literally everyone was on Twitter posting their clips of funny shit that was going on within the game, it's going to be real bad. So, um, yeah, hopefully that this next Witcher game, we don't see it like officially within the next year or two. And when we see it by then, it looks functional. <laughs> and yeah, even then, when it comes out, it is functional, you know? Yeah, it definitely has to be, like, no bugs and stuff. It has to run well. <laughs> you know, they really have a lot to prove with this game. And, you know, mm-hmm. which is also a beloved series. So if they fuck this up, then, yeah, I think they're just done. <laughs> At least Cyberpunk was, like, a new IP. So they could just be like, okay, that was kind of a mistake. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with Witcher, they really do got, like, hit it. <laughs> Especially because yeah. Steve was so, like, acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know... I think that's like most like you know a lot of AAA games that aren't made by like you know Sony or Nintendo usually end up being a little a little janky now. Uh, <laughs> you know I think like FromSoft, you know the people that make Dark Souls and stuff like are you know they're pretty okay, uh, and some other people. But you know for the most part, yeah, it's mostly just Sony and Nintendo really polishing their games before they come out. So um, hopefully CD Projekt is able to do that with this game. <laughs> yeah, but you know Sony unfortunately they do they do do crunch as we saw with they, they Dog in. So, yeah, unlucky, but. Moving on from there, uh, our next bit of news is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been delayed to next year in the spring. So, yeah, 2023 spring, Rockstar Studios has decided to delay Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League once again. It sucks, especially since because we have not seen them create a brand new game after Arkham Knight. And, you know, Arkham Knight as the sort of last game within the Batman series, I didn't think that it it, it ended as strong. I honestly think that the story especially was not that great. The Arkham Knight was very predictable. Like, if you know anything about Batman and when you see the Arkham Knight's backstory, you're like, you know who this fucking character is. And also, with the gameplay with the whole uh sort of batmobile and the tank people wanted that but the way that they did it was just not to my liking in my opinion 
Um, but, you know, hopefully that this game is able to deliver. Obviously, delaying a game so many times just means that they're trying to make sure that this shit is flawless. And hopefully that it is when it comes out. And hopefully that, that the hype for this game doesn't die out. Because I know that there are a lot of games out there that have been delayed numerous, numerous, numerous times. And then when they finally come out, it's sort of like the hype has died down and people aren't really all that interested in it. Um, one, one game that I can think of is like the last guardian, like that game yeah. went through so much shit. And then when it finally came out, not a lot of people were really talking about it in my it opinion. It wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. And also like, it, it wasn't all that great either. Um, but you know, that's one game, for example. I think, like, Crackdown 3 was another game. Yeah, Crackdown 3 got delayed so many fucking times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, by the time it came out, people were like, wait, that game actually came out? So, yeah. you know, hopefully that, that this game, this is the last delay that we get. I might be eating my words by next year, but who the fuck knows? So hopefully that this is the last delay that we get because, you know, a Suicide Squad game can only be hyped for so long, especially after the James Gunn movie came out like a couple months ago. You know, by the time we by the time we get to next year, hopefully that people are still looking forward to this. Because I'm still looking forward to it, but you know, I'm I might be eating those words when I hit next year, like I said earlier. <laughs> yeah, I mean from the gameplay they showed, uh it, it looks good. Like I was like, oh yeah, this actually looks really fun and stuff. Um so I kind of, you know, I mean, it's good that games get delayed. I mean, I think I also talked about this before in this podcast, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, I think a few delays are fine, like one or two. Like, I think that's pretty expected from a lot of games nowadays or any, any media, like movies as well. Um, but when you start going to like more and more delays, it kind of just spells kind of like trouble development to me. And it kind of like negates that because I've read like a lot of reports that, you know, I think more than like two delays usually equals even more crunch than usual because they want to get this shit out and but they just can't get something to work. Um, so, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully they actually have a good vision for this game because I know it's supposed to be like this four player thing or something like it's supposed mm-hmm. to like be a cooperative thing and stuff and uh hopefully it's not like too much of like a looty type thing or like a like a live servicey type thing i don't think it is but um you know if they can't get the systems to work then yeah that's obviously like a bad sign uh but hopefully it turns out good you know i never played the arkham games i really should though um but just from the gameplay they've shown from us you know from like i think last year at this point it looked pretty good like i think like the, obviously the game looks beautiful and like i think the gameplay looks pretty fun like you have all the different classes and stuff with the different heroes you can play as and yeah it looks like it could be a fun time so hopefully they could figure it out i, I feel like it shouldn't be that hard <laughs> of a game to make <laughs> like it seems like a like a four player sort of like just like mission based thing like it shouldn't be that hard in my eyes but maybe it is maybe there's some like really like something in the in the core mechanics that just isn't working out but hopefully they can figure it out because uh you know that's basically a whole year delay right like that's a that's a long ass delay so they definitely something was wrong here so but um hopefully they're just polishing it and make it as best as it could be and it comes out good so yeah yeah all right, so um, I guess <laughs> I guess it's just the topic of right now is like, more crunch <laughs> and lawsuits and stuff. So yeah, there's been another new Activision uh, Blizzard lawsuit. Um, obviously, uh, Blizzard has been bought by Microsoft now, so but this is still under the um, you know old leadership that this is uh, directed towards. Um, but yeah, basically, it's another uh, example of their frat boy culture. Uh, basically, this uh, woman Jane Doe didn't give her full name, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like her whole name. Uh, basically, just said there was a lot of like disgusting behavior going on. For instance, she had like an initiation lunch where they, you know, make her drink a lot and basically want her to like be drunk around all these guys. Uh, they made her play like Jackbox, I think, and made her like answer a bunch of weird sexual questions and stuff, just very uncomfortable things around. Um, obviously, this isn't the first thing we've heard about Blizzard, you know, far from it. 
Um, mm-hmm. It just really does add to the growing list of garbage that these you know higher ups have been putting their employees through, especially female employees. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's not more to say besides like you know I think Travis and I have said it before, like you know just like just destroy all these leadership, like just bring it to the <laughs> ground at this point. Which honestly, I think might happen with uh, Microsoft buying out uh, Activision Blizzard. I really do think they're going to clean house with a lot of the higher ups and replace them with more Microsoft employees. Because you know I heard uh, a lot of people that are bought from Microsoft said you know the environment's definitely improved and stuff. So hopefully this could happen to Activision Blizzard because, you know, these poor employees have been through like so much over the last few years that uh, or probably forever. You know, we don't really know how how long this has been going on for. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully this uh, big change up in leadership that will be coming with the, you know, once the buyout is official, uh, we could just see like them clean house like officially because, you know, I think this behavior has been going on way too long and it's obviously really disgusting. So it's going to be nice for like these, you know, these Blizzard and Activision employees to finally get some good leadership and they could just make video games like that's what they signed up for they have to deal with like all this disgusting stuff you know yeah and no one should have to fucking deal with this shit i mean like uh people deal with this shit and just like games in general i mean like the fucking misogyny and the disgusting Mm -hmm. behavior that some guys do online and like these fucking free-to-play games like valorant especially like uh, i play valorant and like the shit that I hear that, like, fucking guys say to girls, I'm just like, bro, what the fuck's wrong with you? And also, you know, some of them are just fucking outright creepy and just weird. Yeah. Um, but, like, besides the point, you know, Jane Doe, she is a current employee, which is why she kept her name uh, an- anonymous for this sort of lawsuit. And, yeah, I mean, like, just reading this shit, you know, again, with the whole, like, initiation lunch and, like, the alcohol and, like, the sort of, like, uh, excuse of like uh, her leadership being nice and trying to be friends with her I'm just like what the fuck is this shit man like this shit is so weird like in any other work environment in any other industry this shit would not fly like whatsoever so um, like you said with uh, Microsoft uh, buying up Activision Blizzard at this point just fucking burn it to the ground just you know fuck it whatever just like destroy it at this point like there's no reason to have this company's stand afloat in my opinion just because of how how fucked up like just like the, the environment and like with all of these news stories about Activision Blizzard, it's very hard to get new people to sign up for your company when literally everything in the news is about sexual harassment and like uh, all of, all of this like misconduct and shit. How is it gonna be? How are you gonna be able to attract new employees when like this is all that they see in the news, sort of thing? Yeah. You know. So. I yeah, mean, that's kind of why. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Go on, go on, go on. Oh, I was going to say that that's kind of why Blizzard showed that they were making like this new big survival game IP and saying like we need employees because so many of them <laughs> left. Um, you know, we've already heard that so many of the higher ups in Blizzard. I mean, basically no one at the original Blizzard works there anymore to begin with. But, um, you know, now with all this talent leaving from, you know, all the, the sexual harassment or people just don't want to deal with it crunch and stuff that you know it makes sense that blizzard is like okay we're just gonna put this new game ip up if anyone's interested you know just call us please so um you know it's really their own fault too from, from all this horrible stuff that's been going on and yeah i just hope with under the leadership of microsoft and like phil spencer and stuff that things could hopefully be better um mm-hmm. and uh, like we talked about and when uh, i'm sorry when microsoft bought blizzard and activision you know obviously it's like bad to have like this sort of monopoly and like a big third party is gone and stuff but I felt like Activision Blizzard would never got better if it wasn't for something big like this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I, th- I think this is one of the few cases where I do believe that this was a right move. Obviously, like, capitalism and all that stuff. Like, <laughs> I-, I feel like at the end of the day, I think a lot of these employees will have a better work environment due to this. Because uh, I-, I didn't really see their leadership changing if it wasn't for a big buyout like that. So, yeah, I think in the long run, it's going to be a good thing. Yeah, I find it hilarious that Phil Spencer was like, we are re 
reassessing our relationship with Activision Blizzard, and then they just outright just bought them. <laughs> they just bought them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, it is, it is a bit ironic that it is the fucking Call of Duty developer that's having all of this sexual misconduct and all of this fucking misogyny shit going on. But yeah. Anyways, you know, um, it sucks that this shit's happening. We just have to let people know within uh, the space and our viewers to know that hey, you know, this shit's still going on. So you know, think twice before you buy that new Call of Duty or whatever other Blizzard product. Because personally, I, it's it's been a, a few years since I've actually given them my money. I think the last thing I bought was Overwatch, and you know, yeah, same. I, I bought that because all of my other friends were playing it. So I was like, fuck it, why not? You know, this is sort of like the big new sort of multiplayer uh, game that everyone was trying to play, and you know, uh, I'll, a lot of league players switched over to it for a short while and then they went back to league because you know they're fucking addicts and you know overwatch wasn't able to sustain their need in, in terms of like a uh multiplayer sort of game but you know it is what it is um uh hopefully that activision blizzard will get better in whatever way that microsoft deems fit when once that buyout fully goes through but i would not be surprised to see more lawsuits and sort of more news stories surrounding activision blizzard to come out within the next few months if if as as sad as that sounds like that's just that's just the fucking reality of things and yeah yeah so like i said hopefully it just gets better <laughs> for all these people <laughs> um so we can just all just play video games they can make video games and we can all have a good time <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get into our recent activities i'll go first actually because okay. uh you were talking a bit so the only game i've been playing is weirdly enough fucking Fortnite. Yeah. So the reason why I was playing Fortnite was because uh, there's no building. And when I told that to my girlfriend, she was like, I want to play. I was like, fuck it, why not? So uh, it hasn't crashed on me yet. So thank God. Um, but yeah, it is actually really fun playing Fortnite without building. I'm not sure if it's because we're still in like lobbies with like fucking mobile players and shit like that. But <laughs> it's, it's really fun. So like uh, to replace the building, they added like this like sprint feature. So obviously like there was like walking versus running, but now there's like uh when you hit shift you actually like do like a really fast sprint and if you go up and if you like hit a building you will actually climb up that building so that's how you'll uh sort of get up to those higher places instead of building and stuff um it is kind of weird because i'm still like hitting mats and shit and i'm just like yo what the fuck's going on oh wait i can't build i (laughs) forgot um but yeah it is it's fortnite without building so if that sounds attractive to you Definitely play Fortnite now because I'm not sure how long they're going to keep this up because obviously the main attraction of Fortnite is the building. So we don't know how long this is going to be because this is probably just like an early season thing to like get people in and like get the battle pass. And like, I'm guilty. I bought the battle pass because I was like, fuck it. Why not? Let me go and get all get all get get these free cosmetics that I already have V-Bucks in my account for. So I was like, whatever. Um, But yeah, Fortnite it's fun without the building whether or not they decide to keep this as like a separate mode or if they you know bring back building later on i'm all for it i don't really care um but yeah fortnite fortnite's fun i will say that uh so now i got a whole bunch of anime uh i i I will not spoil anything so just keep that in mind when i talk about these things so jujutsu kaisen zero the movie is in theaters and i watched it in theaters it's super fun um i think as a prequel movie it does um, show some like world building for the Jujutsu Kaisen world, but I don't think it's necessary because of the origins of the original manga. Because like this was Jujutsu Kaisen before Jujutsu Kaisen was even a thing, and then like he later retconned it and made this a Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, so to speak. So the way that Mappa animated this movie, fucking fantastic. Like a lot of the filler for this movie because it's only. It, 
it's literally based on four chapters of a manga so how the fuck are they gonna make that into like an hour and a half movie they gotta add some filler in there so they add like certain scenes and certain fight scenes and like the filler fight scenes oh my god mappa they fucking popped <laughs> off for like no reason no reason whatsoever bro they literally popped off for no reason i'm like yo this shit this shit kind of nice and like uh one of the uh, fight scenes involves gojo obviously so like the uh theater was obviously like getting hyped for it they're like oh shit oh shit you know like it was obviously like very very fun watching this movie with an audience because um i think the audience that i had in particular was a bunch of like normies so like there was like a particular scene at the end um that you know i think normies would be like hey yo like what the fuck and i think literally someone in in our crowd said yo what the fuck because like (laughs) it was just like so weird and so random and i was just like yep that happened um but yeah i mean like overall like if you love jujutsu kaisen you probably already saw this movie but if you're like a fan of jujutsu kaisen like myself like i'm not like too big on it and and i think damien might feel the same way about jujutsu kaisen yeah yeah yeah. so like you know you're not like a super fan of it but you like it obviously yeah i like that yeah you can see it in theaters if you want, but you can obviously skip it because it's not necessary for the story going forward. As of right now, I think that they might bring in some characters from this prequel movie later on, but I think right now you can wait. They might chop this up into like, uh, just like with fucking Demon Slayer Mega Trade, they might chop it up into like an anime sort of season, if you will. So that'll probably happen before season two comes out. So you could probably just wait till then and it'll be on Crunchyroll or whatever. Um, but yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, it's good. I liked it. I don't think it's... A, a sort of like end all be all sort of like anime movie it's definitely a lot better than the fucking my hero movies i will say that um yeah. so you know just because it was like animated beautifully and like the filler and and the sort of like anime nonsense that that goes on isn't like too far out there um but yeah very very enjoyable uh then i finally caught up with the tag on Titan final season i've been behind for like so so long but I saw some things on Twitter that were trending and people were posting clips and I was like, fuck, I can't watch this clip. I have to like scroll back, scroll up really, really fucking fast. So, so like I don't read or see anything. So I'm now all caught up and it's fucking hype. That's all I can really say. Like Damien, get caught up. That's all I, I can know. say. I, I really get caught up. I know. I've been slacking. There's been so many video games. I will though. I will. <laughs> uh, moving on. My Dress Up Darling. Uh, there's one episode left for the, for this season. And, um, in the english manga of the release they've only got up to like volume four and like the anime has gone past that so like it's actually like kind of fun watching the anime for me because like i don't know what the fuck's gonna go on now so you know watching it and i'm sure the final episode is is gonna be fucking great but like my dress up darling like if you love fucking slice of life romance comedy shit this is fucking it like this is like the this is such a good show obviously like there's like a lot of like fan service shit that 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 yeah. is going on but it's very fucking good i will say that like if you want like a best girl anime this is fucking it fucking uh uh marin hopefully hopefully i'm marin? saying her name right marin? Uh, marin? Yeah. yeah yeah marin marin she's fucking great like she is so much fun and like the way you get to learn about her character and like who she is like as a person is just so much fun and also like gojo like as sort of like her like uh sort of like romance partner if you will like it's so fucking cute just seeing them just seeing them to hang out and you know be friends and shit like that is is so much fun so my dress up darling it's it's about to end so like if you haven't watched it yet fucking watch it now because it's really really good i need to watch it honestly yeah 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 yeah. so you know when school ends damien just fucking binge it you will you will enjoy it i'm pretty sure like you know what i like after watching i I still watched season two of uh uh uh, the quintuplets mm-hmm. but uh, i really enjoyed uh rent a girlfriend you know obviously i know some of the later things get a little weird 
<laughs> but I actually do enjoy these animes a lot more than I like to admit. So yeah, I probably will enjoy this a lot. Hey, as well. like I think I think Rental Girlfriend season two is gonna be really really good. It's not gonna touch on the sort of like uh, weird shit that's been going on recently, which which has honestly turned the the uh, fan base against on itself, where they're like, I fucking hate this show, but I'm like, you're probably still gonna read it every week, right? Like no. No fucking shot. Like, <laughs> yeah. <they> anyways, <laughs> anyways, Tagaki saw season three. Um, they're doing a lot of different things from the manga, just because like the manga is just like a, a, a sort of like you know uh, Saturday morning chapter where it's like Tagaki san does this thing and Nishikata is trying to you know uh, win in like this challenge that they like did or, or whatever. But like the anime is actually like bringing their relationship forward and like it's very cute and very very wholesome um and the last episode of season three i mean like the setup that they did i'm like shit what the fuck's gonna happen so um if it's spicy like i'll talk about it briefly but i probably will not talk about season three again but i am i'm very much uh very very happy with tagaki san and there's gonna be a movie so like i don't know how that movie is gonna sort of play out or how well that's gonna do but if it comes if it comes to the u.s you know I, i'm a fucking buy a ticket play my seat in that theater and watch that movie but um now we got some manga so please put the mommy to takamine san uh don't look this up this shit this shit is definitely not safe for work nope. like 100 <laughs> percent. Like, okay <laughs> well i i bought this at barnes and noble like maybe a year ago but i just recently decided to like open it and like uh sort of read it this shit is fucking sealed rap. And I'm like, why is that? Bro, in like the first chapter, this is full on tits. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. And like that that happens like throughout the manga. And I'm like, okay, I'm not I'm not used to reading shit like this. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Um, but it is interesting. So it, it's it's pretty much about this girl to uh Takamine san and she is like the perfect like straight A student. But the reason she is that is because when she makes a mistake, if she takes off her panties, she rewinds time and she's able to redo oh, it again. I so, do know. They said didn't they yes. mention this in trash? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, <laughs> so like Joey's like, bro, 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 this shit's mad good, and I'm like, it, it is mad good. I can't co-sign that. Yeah, yeah. So like, they mentioned this before on like one of their uh, live streams, I believe. Yeah. Uh, where like they were uh, going through um, what's it called um. They're fucking sponsored the the uh, s- sort of book like best walker? manga yeah yeah bookwalker they were they were going through like some sort of like bookwalker thing and they were like yeah you know like this is really good and it is it is very very interesting um I haven't picked up volume two yet because I'm not trying to go back to Barnes and Noble and buy that shit in person now that I know what the fuck <laughs> it's about um but you know I will buy it on right stuff uh one of these days and I'll read volume two but yeah it after the first uh volume or the uh, first chapter. The lewd stuff doesn't happen as much. Obviously, like, she's fucking, like, taking off her panties and shit. So, like, you know, that shit's gonna happen, like, every fucking chapter because she's gonna rewind time. And the reason why our, our like, main protagonist um, can, can, like, see her, like, rewind time and, like, remember everything that happens between uh, before she she uh, takes off her panties and shit is because, like, she saw her naked. So, like, it's weird. <laughs> Obviously, like, this is very much, like, fucking anime manga shit. Yeah. Um, but it's good. I'm gonna be honest. Like it is, it is kind of fun to read. So uh, I'll read volume two when I get it one of these days. Uh, Zom 100 volume four. I finally read up on. Uh, this is a, I guess a seinen. I can't really say a shonen because it's very bloody and like there's yeah. sometimes there's fucking tits and shit like that. But um, yeah, it's pretty much about this guy who's going through the zombie apocalypse and he worked this uh, nine to five job like day in day out and zombie apocalypse is and now he's fucking free of that shit. So now he's able to do like his 100 bucket list of things that he wants to do before he dies in the zombie apocalyptic thing and it's fun it's very interesting obviously like uh the sort of like zombie stuff is like sort of pushed to 
pushed to the side, which is when a lot of, uh, I guess, like, zombie shows are good, is when it's focused on the characters. And, like, the characters, you know, they're goofy, they're funny, but, like, there is heart to them, and they all have, like, a sort of story. Um, but, yeah, it's fun. I am... In- I am enjoying it. I think that this would work really well as as an anime. So maybe one of these days it'll get a anime adaptation, but who knows? Um, Hori Mia manga. Uh, I've been reading more of that just because I have pretty much all of them in English. So I'm just like I should probably just read them. So I read that before I go to bed because I'm not reading like fucking like Chainsaw Man before I go to bed with all the fucking blood and gore and shit. But you know, reading some slice of life uh, here and there is very much you know easy on the mind, I guess. Uh, and then last thing I've been reading is will when will Ayumu make his move? This is made by the same person that that uh, writes and does uh, Tagaki-san. So it's pretty much the same thing, but reverse and they're high schoolers. And on top of that, the girl really gets teased more uh, than the guy. So pretty much Ayumu just like says like uh, random ass comments about like her being cute and like, uh, you know, we should go on a date and stuff, but like not really like thinking about it. And she like gets flustered and, you know, things like that. So shenanigans happen. It's fun. I enjoy it. Uh, that's obviously like, like my kind of sort of like slice of life shit that I've been reading, but that's everything. So Damien, what have you been doing? All right. So, um, you know, this, the, I, I beat it horizon for Van West. So this was a huge ass game. This took me like 66 hours. So this, this was like a long ass fucking game. Uh, it does feel good to be done with it, just because I, I could like play some other things. Like there's already like a lot of things coming out or that I want to play, and I could finally catch up on anime because this has kind of been like the main thing I've been focusing on. If I'm not like doing a bunch of schoolwork, which I've been kind of busy with, uh, but anyway, yeah, Horizon has been it was really good. Like everything I said about the first week, I played it. Basically, still stands. Um, you know, the game looks fantastic. Uh, a lot of the side activities were really fun. And I still stand by that most of them are worth doing. Um, really, the only copy and paste like activity in the game is the bandit camps. They really got stale towards the end. There's not too too many of them after like the halfway point, but I feel like this like the middle area has way too many of them. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of over it. <laughs> um, but uh, all the side quests, uh, a lot of the other activities, I think are definitely worth doing. You know, they're really fun. Uh, just a lot of like cool little jumping puzzles and stuff and just regular puzzles. Um, so really tricky ones as well. Like there's a lot of things that actually made me think outside the box and stuff. And I really did enjoy those little uh, puzzle segments as well. Uh, the combat still fantastic. I, I do think they nerfed Aloy a little too much in this game just to make her like stronger. Uh, it's weird because in the first game, a lot of your abilities you could just do whenever you want. Uh, in this game, they're tied to sort of like a stamina bar. And I feel like some moves like you're able to like put in like when you're like, I guess like pulling back your arrow you could put like like two more arrows in there to do like more damage uh in this game it takes like energy to do that and i don't really know why that was like a basic ability in the first game i just feel like that's like a unnecessary nerf to her for like no reason but whatever uh there's a lot of cooler new abilities and stuff like you have like explosive arrows which i just use the whole time because just like murder things uh but yeah besides that i think all the content in the game was definitely worth doing i really enjoyed a lot of the little side stories and stuff um you get like a little hub town towards the middle of the game or unless i guess a little uh before the middle uh they can interact with all your companions and stuff and they all have a little companion quest you could do with them it kind of remind me of uh, mass effect 2 actually where everyone's in like this one location you could talk to them after every mission you get you can help them out with their own personal stuff uh, i always really like that in games you know i love that uh in mass effect i love that in like persona and stuff like it's always something i really enjoy doing because you know it makes you more connected to your companions and you actually like give a shit about them and stuff and you know i'm always down with like you know having good characters and stuff which i think this game does a lot better than the first game uh with the first game like i barely remembered any of the side characters only like two of them and this game i think they did a way better job with that uh along with the main story 
Um, and speaking of which, you know, the main story was, like, really good. I don't think it was as good as the first game, because the first game was, like, I don't think you could, like, really do that huge surprises again, where it's like, holy shit, what? Um, you know, I thought that stuff was really good. Um, in this game, it does get really sci-fi, which might turn some people off. I, I personally really liked it, and um, honestly, it's barely sci-fi anymore. Like, this shit's actually happening in real life at this point with um, some things we've been seeing. I, I'm just going to say Jeff Bezos going to space is basically the plot of this, <laughs> and like honestly, it's not even that far from the truth anymore. So um, yeah, I thought the plot was really cool, and it definitely set up for a third game. Um, that seems to be like the end of this trilogy. Like I don't really see what else it could go from there. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. You know, I think the way Horizon uh, builds its story, you know, on the past and the present has been like really excellent for both games. Um, the um, just the acting has gotten a lot better as well. Like I think the mo- the motion capture is like way better in this game. Like in the first game, you would talk to someone, and it felt so like uncanny valley. It was just like stare into your soul, and it, it is definitely like weird looking. Uh, basically, every time you talk to someone now, they're like moving around, they're like looking at you and stuff. Like it definitely feels a lot better the presentation and just the um, story beats as well. Uh, the main missions have, were all fantastic as well. Uh, honestly, just a really great game. Uh, I think it was a, a great sequel. Um, you know, I know some people have some issues of it being you know kind of like the same, but I, I don't really think that's an issue. Like uh, maybe the third game they can mix it up a little bit more, maybe have some like different things going on. But for the most part, I, I think the game is still really good. Uh, obviously, it got really overshadowed by Elden Ring, which came out, like, a week after. And, you know, that game really, like, you know, changed up how open world games are forever and whatever. But if you're just looking for this a nice, comfy game, or if you just like the original Horizon, then definitely give this one a try. It's really good. Um, honestly, I would just recommend playing the first Horizon for this one if you want to understand the story. Because the game has, like, a small little recap in the beginning, but you really have to understand what's going on if you want to play this game. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely really good game. And I can't wait for the third one whenever that comes out. And that's p- kind of the main thing I've been doing. But I also uh, picked up Persona 4 Ultimax. That, uh, this is actually a re-release. Um, uh, which guy came out on PS3 first. The, the first arena. And Ultimax also came out on PS3 as well. And I actually have them on PlayStation 3. But I never really played them too much. I only played a little bit of them. Uh, but they re-released them on PS4 and I guess PS5 now. Um, for like Persona's 25th anniversary and you know I thought it was time to actually play them and yeah it's really good I actually really like Arc System Works a lot now you know I played Dragon Ball Fighters, I played uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag and Guilty Gear Strive I really enjoy those games and now I have like a, I guess a more of appreciation for fighting games than I used to back then um, I ended up really enjoying the combat and I just like fighting mechanics in this game um, you basically think of it as like a, a normal tag team fighter Except, you know, you don't have another player character. You have your persona. So you could like, do your light combo attacks or your heavy attacks. And then you can summon your persona anytime you want. So you could basically... It's basically the same exact thing as summoning an assist in any other game. Except you could do more with your persona than you could with, like, an assist, I guess. Because um, it's, like, you know, that character still. And I think that sort of combat is, like, really fun. Like, you do a bunch of crazy stuff. You know, I think you have your normal arc system work things. Like, your, your burst to, like, get out of a combo and all that crazy stuff. You know, you have your meters and stuff. But uh, each character does feel very different. Like, you know, uh, I guess she's like a robot, like, lady. She has, like, a um, sort of, like, a power-up mode. And once you activate that, she can, like, activate a bunch of rocket launchers and, like, fire cartwheels and shit. Like, it's a lot of fun. Like, I think each character feels very different from each other. Um, there's another character, uh, Junpei, who has, like, uh, this weird baseball mechanic. Like, you can, like, kit home runs or some shit. I have no idea how that works, but it's it's pretty cool. Uh, all the characters feel very distinct. And each one has, like, a shadow form of themselves, which have... Uh, like different moves and stuff too so there's like i forget how many characters there i think like 20 but you could like double that based on their shadow form so that that's really cool as well um 
and the single player i'm playing through the story mode because uh, you know it's a persona game and i kind of want to do that mm-hmm. uh but um I, I think there's like a bunch of single player content obviously you have your story mode which is basically just a visual novel like yeah there's some fights but you're you're mostly there just to read it or like listen to the character dialogue and stuff and right now it's actually pretty good i've actually been enjoying it more than i thought i would um from like a fighting game story but there's also some other uh you know single player offerings there's the arcade mode which is basically like the single player story mode but like on crack like you go through your like eight fights and they have some dialogue and stuff and then you fight obviously like any other arcade mode score attack which is basically the same thing just like no dialogue and then you have this really cool mode called like the golden arena mode which is like a um you select like a quote-unquote dungeon and you go through like like 50 floors of fights or something and you like level up you have like a, a social link like in the base games where you could like uh level up the social link and get like different abilities and stuff every time you win a fight you level up you could put stuff into your attribute points you get items it's really cool i actually really like it a lot um, and, you know, I, I'm a big fan of fighting games that have some good amount of single player content just to one, I'm bad and I like to just like play the game. <laughs> and two, it's just something to do as well. Like maybe you don't want to get so sweaty and online or anything. So, you know, you could just, you know, play some of these single player offerings. And I think that's always important for fighting games. I think um, actually Soul Calibur 5 had some really good single player stuff. And that's kind of what I mostly did in that game. Um, I really like Guilty Gear and stuff, but I feel like that game barely had any single player offerings. So you kind of just had to play online. Um, so yeah, it's always nice to have some like sort of single player offerings, at least for me anyway. But um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's only like thirty bucks too, so like it's it's really cheap as just like a normal like just little remaster thing they did. So yeah, definitely enjoying it. Uh, gonna beat the story mode at some point, and then I could uh, I guess talk more about it. Uh, you know, Kirby hasn't come in yet, so I can't really talk about <laughs> that. Um, I, I just started playing the new Borderlands game too. It's really good, but I, I haven't really played enough of it to really like say anything about it yet. So yeah, that's kind of all I've been doing. All right, so last part of the show, we're going to discuss the Batman. So uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but Damien saw it a little more recently yeah, than I have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want to be spoiled, don't listen to what we're about to say. It will be on HBO Max soon. I'm not exactly sure when, but it will be on that service soon. Or, you know, you can do some Googling and uh, maybe you'll find it on there. But anyways, uh, we're going to talk about the Batman in full spoilers. So... Yeah, I mean, this is this is a really, really good fucking, like, superhero movie. Like, just, like, in general. Like, I think that the way that they brought uh, this new iteration of Batman with Robert Pattinson and, and Matt Reeves' vision was very, very good. I think the opening scene with the Riddler, sort of just, like, just chilling. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, kind of like setting up the tone for this movie. And I'm like, oh shit, like he's just, he's just right there. And then he just fucking kills the guy. Um, and, you know, Batman at the beginning of the movie, you know, him being like, I am vengeance. And then, but, and then by the end of it, he's sort of uh, seen as like a symbol of hope in a sense. So, you know, I really like that arc in and of itself. You know, they very much established that this is a very early version of Batman. He's like a year or two into his career. So, you know, seeing him, you know, still trying to figure out who he wants to be for the city of Gotham and shit like that was very, very fun. And Robert Pattinson, like, just like as an actor, was very, very good in this role, you know, just being this very broody uh, Bruce Wayne, you know, just trying yeah. to, you know, <laughs> save Gotham City and, you know, be the uh, emo boy that he is. But, what do you think of the movie? Um, I basically agree with everything you said. Like, I thought Robert Pattinson was a good Batman. I, I don't know if I'm too convinced of his Bruce Wayne. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a very different take on Bruce Wayne. Like, but like you said, he's very broody and not really like what you expect Bruce Wayne to be. You know, I, I kind of you know Bruce Wayne's kind of like this like playboy, like millionaire guy. Like, yeah, he's he's a little more you know 
Like, he wants to do good for Gotham and stuff, but um, I didn't really see that Bruce Wayne in this one. It's okay to have different visions for the character. I just thought, like, that was kind of like a... Like, he, does, he doesn't strike me as a Bruce Wayne, like, man, because mm-hmm. he's a very edgy, broody, like, almost like teenager type deal when he's Bruce Wayne. But um, as Batman, I thought he was really good. Uh, you know, he doesn't have the stupid, like, like where's the trigger, you know, like, anything. Like, <laughs> like he, still, he still talks, like, you know, like this, you know. He still had, like, a little bit of a Batman voice type deal going on, but, like, I thought he was really good as Batman, and just making him like really threatening like like anytime they see the bat signal or whatever like they shit their pants on the on, like <laughs> everyone i thought that's really cool it really conveys how much of a boogeyman he is to like all these like you know thugs and stuff like i thought that was really cool um and you know the riddler i thought was fantastic i was we will get more into him later but uh i thought he was really good like i think they did a good job sort of like doing that whole like basically like saw type deal going on and like just like mm-hmm. as a really creepy serial killer like i thought i thought it was really cool because you know the riddler has always been really cheesy to me like it's over to me this batman and all that shit but mm-hmm. i think that's like basically like a origami killer type deal going on like i thought that was really cool and um i and I really just enjoy the whole, um, I guess, like, mystery detective, like, yes. angle of this movie mm-hmm. a lot. You know, I think a lot of people forget, like, you know, like, Batman's, like, kind of like a detective and shit. And I felt like the um, the Christopher Nolan movies didn't really, like, get into that as much, uh, like, at mm-hmm. all, <laughs> in my opinion, anyway. And I think this movie really brought that into the into the movie. And I think it was really appreciated. Like, I, I was really into, like, the whole, like, oh, what's going on angle and stuff. And it, it really added a lot to the movie, in my opinion, so... Yeah, and I think bringing in the Riddler to bring in that aspect of Batman out to make him, you know, be this, like, detective person and, you know, him try to solve these riddles and shit like that. And, you know, like, when this movie was funny, it was very subtle, which I can very much appreciate after, you know, the amount of just, like, MCU humor and shit like that. But with this movie's humor, you know, it was very subtle. It was very much, like thumb drive i was like this motherfucker yeah <laughs> god damn it <laughs> the, the um <laughs> the humor was actually like really good like it was really like um i guess just dry humor but like it really mm-hmm. made me laugh just also when he was like in catwoman's things like that's a lot of cats or something I'm just like, okay <laughs> <laughs> it just it's just like i'm like all right um yeah i actually really did enjoy the humor i think they knew where to put it and not to like you know make it like mcu where it's like a really dramatic thing happened and they have to be like you know let's joke mm-hmm. about it like i think this is like they really put the humor in the right places so i appreciate that yeah and like the uh relationship that batman has with the police you know that was very interesting as well to see because you know i think within the uh the nolan films it's been a while since i watched them so bear with me if i get the shit wrong but i feel like that they weren't as against batman as they were within this movie like you know that one guy's like hey we're just gonna let him through and shit like that and gordon's like i trust him come on bro like he's a homie sort of thing you know (laughs) like um and like he's like the only one on this sort of uh squad that really trusts batman and obviously it's fucking gordon so he is going to trust him um but you know just seeing the other cops be very wary of him because he is this mass vigilante and you know they know about the shit that he does to you know bad guys and shit like that so um yeah i really really did like that aspect of him and sort of um i guess like the politics that they brought in to this movie you know when uh when catwoman mentioned the sort of like white white uh you know people and their privilege and shit like that i was like you know that was very much needed to say and there were obviously some or there's one guy on fucking uh youtube that like uh (laughs) he's just being plainly racist with like uh just saying like yeah you know like there's only like a few white people in this movie i'm like bro (laughs) 
<laughs> can you like can you like tiptoe around it like even worse bro like come on but uh, i think like the other politics of just like the riddler and sort of like his sort of like angle with like his sort of like uh i the guess rich. uh yeah, yeah yeah sort of um his like fandom of people that are just like fucking oh, crazy you, yeah. and like the whole like uh fucking like shootout that happened like at the end i was like yo what the fuck like they're actually doing this shit which is kind of army yeah 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 like that's kind of fucking crazy that they did that in the movie especially since because like when the joker movie came out with the with um joaquin phoenix people thought that that shit was gonna happen with that movie but like this movie literally has a scene in there with like you know a, a, a literal mass shooting and like that's fucking crazy to me but it was done well where like it made sense for this character in this sort of iteration of Batman and the Riddler that it was all leading up to that point with like, you know, these fucking crazies online, you know, following the Riddler, believing in his movement and, and, and uh, shit like that. So, yeah, it basically did the same thing Joker did where, you know, Joker sort of made like a, well, like the movie, you know, Joaquin Phoenix and stuff, not like this Joker. But, you know, he started, did, did basically did the same thing where it's like, okay, like, you know, he said a bunch of things with, um, what's wrong with gotham and like with the rich and stuff and basically Riddler did the same thing and they both got like a you know like an army of people that would believe the same thing just cause the riot well and joker was a riot and this one was like basically like a mass shooting <laughs> um and i think that's oh, fair God. i think th- i think that's like a good like sort of like i guess theme with this like with gotham anyway um i think Riddler does make some good points with the whole like you know no one cared about like any of the other orphans but like bruce wayne because he was bruce wayne and he was like a millionaire so all oh, poor bruce wayne is, is like a orphan now but you know he still has like a shit ton of money not saying like he's not feeling any pain either but it also sucks mm-hmm. for like all the other people that basically got no attention because they're not like millionaires when they when they really should have gotten more attention because they have no money and stuff like i thought that was a pretty interesting thing with the whole rich versus poor thing that you know that seems like a good theme i, I think that's the thing batman or i guess bruce wayne struggles with also because you know he must do well for the city but he knows he has a you know he has an unfair advantage of being really fucking <laughs> rich so yeah i thought the really yeah, obviously he's a psychopath but like you know i thought that was a good point obviously but um uh i, I do feel like the the finale was um it was good but i did feel like yeah like the reddit army just having like all their guns and stuff out <laughs> of i'm like god damn they got strapped again so yeah in new york i mean yeah them, i was like shit yeah i'm like god damn okay <laughs> Yeah, nah, that shit, that shit was crazy to me because I'm like, yo, like this scene's about to hit because of like the action, but I'm like, yo, no way they're about to do this mass shooting right now. Like, what the fuck? Like that shit, that shit threw me out because I was like, no way they actually like did this. But um, moving on from there, um, I think Catwoman as sort of like uh, a companion character to uh, Batman was very interesting and in how how her whole story played out with the uh, sort of connection to uh, uh, Cobblepot and all of that other shit. I think that that was very interesting and like um the way that like uh she gets introduced as sort of like uh, penguins like uh i guess waitress or some shit i don't know what the fuck that that thing was going on there but you know um when when uh batman eventually you know figures it all out and sort of gets to know her a a little bit deeper and sort of uh you know gets to see what's going on with her and sort of her story um that was that was very cool to watch because i think that her as a character alongside with batman especially this early on within his career was um you know pivotal for him to sort of figure out what he really wants in life i guess you know because like he's very much like life sucks i gotta save the city sort of thing you know and like you know here comes here, here comes catwoman and he's like shit I'm fucking down bad, but he's like, I gotta, I gotta save Gotham, babe. I'm sorry, you know? (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, I thought I thought it was a good thing. Like, obviously, Gotham sucks, and you know, oh yeah, she, she she's just like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this anymore, which is totally fair. And she doesn't really have any like, you know, no reason to stay. But yeah, Batman is obviously like very loyal to Gotham, and I mean, his whole reason of being Batman is just to make Gotham a better place and stuff. And um, you know, I think them saying goodbye actually was like, you know, it was nice. Like, I, I thought mm-hmm. she, you know, they both like ended up really in, like liking each other and stuff. And I really enjoyed. I just enjoyed her in the movie in general. It's kind of obviously. I mean, I'm, I hope she comes back. But there's like a sequel because <laughs> I, I do like her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a nice like, little scene to show that yeah, he does like care about people and stuff. And it was it was really sweet. Um, honestly, I got that more out of those two than I did with Alfred. Like him, like like blowing mm-hmm. up. Like I felt like I, I like I didn't. We didn't have enough time with both of them together for me to care that much. Like obviously, he helped him with decoding some of the Riddler stuff, and that was cool. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we needed. I, I feel like we needed like another scene with him and Alfred for me to like care because like when he like blew up. I mean, he was still fine. But yeah, I, I yeah. just. I, I I felt like it didn't like hit me as hard as I probably should have. I guess like I I, I don't know. I I think it's we just didn't have enough time with both of them together. You know. Yeah, I think maybe if they did one more scene with them, maybe 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 it was cut. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Um, but you know, like one scene with them, like uh, back then before Bruce became yeah. Batman, or or like as he was becoming Batman, because this Alfred actually trained Bruce to fight. Like yeah. he's the reason why he's Batman. He that's how he knows how to fight is with Alfred's help, and that's kind of interesting. But like the whole scene with him, like about to get blown up by that package and the way that they structured it with um uh, uh bruce calling it and he's like uh he's been in the hospital for a bit i was like no way yeah. it already happened i was like no yeah, i he thought was he was shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought i thought he was gonna save him but you know uh, he ended up being fine because you know they can't kill him off just yet you know i thought we were gonna have another you know who situation from no way home but um yeah, you know, I think that this iteration of Batman and this iteration of Gotham City, like, as a whole is, like, very interesting and very, very cool. I mean, like, Penguin, you know, that whole fucking car chase scene was and fucking Penguin awesome. Penguin was great in this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, he's he's a literal fucking comic book character on screen, and, like, that's where a lot of the humor comes from is just his performance, and so much so that he's going to get a sort of, like, a HBO Max show, so that's going to be kind of cool to see. Um, but, yeah, just, like, this, this Gotham and everything that's going on in it and like when when um uh bruce wayne is actually out and about like it's sort of like when a uh, fucking like uh, i guess like jeff bezos or someone is like out and about because like you know bruce wayne for the most part isn't seen in public in this movie and when he is it's like oh shit that's fucking bruce wayne yeah you know and so like i really like that they emphasize that because you know within previous iterations of batman i feel like when bruce wayne is like out and about it's not as like sort of like glamorous and sort of like oh my god like he's fucking here sort of thing you know um because he is a goddamn billionaire um but yeah i think that uh what matt reeves has done for batman as a character in this iteration of the character is so so cool and i cannot wait to see what else they decide to do and um my one problem with the movie if i had a problem with it was the whole like joker thing with that one scene i felt like that that could have been saved for the sequel or maybe didn't even need to be mentioned because obviously like there's a lot of world building here and like within those first two years as batman he uh, he already ran into the joker which we'll talk about within the deleted scene itself but you know i think that uh that wasn't needed in my opinion for like that little scene with him and uh the riddler interacting with each other um but other than that i think that this movie was really really good almost perfect i mean like the pacing of it is like spot on like there was no point within the movie that i felt like it was dragging on or like this was like wasted time or shit like that i felt like that everything was going from point a to point b like very very smoothly 
Yeah, I felt so too. Like I, I, the movie was three hours, but I didn't really feel that. Like, like I was just like, oh, it's over. I'm like, I was just really <laughs> into the movie. Um, and yeah, I think everything about the movie was great. I just love the tone of it. Um, I do think the movie was like literally a little too dark sometimes. Like, it, it oh is, yeah, it's very like dark. Literally, like, I'm not talking about like tonally. I'm just talking about like it's just like really dark. Uh, it didn't bother me as much as like a lot of other people did, but it, I, I could see where they were coming from. Like, yeah, it is, it is pretty like hard to see what's going on sometimes. But um, I just do like just how Gotham looks in this. Like, it looks like shit. Like you know, it's very mm-hmm. gothic as it should be. Like it, it doesn't look, just look like like. New York. I mean, it has like a Times Square type thing going on, but mm-hmm. it's not like too much like that. Like, I think there's enough identity to Gotham to really like stand as its own city, and I just really like the set designs and stuff. Um, and you know, just like Riddler himself, I thought was just like fantastic. I, I really enjoyed him and all his like crazy, horrible, like death trap things. I like when the dude's head exploded, I, I'm like, oh yeah, it's rated like PG 13. Like, that's when I expect like a bunch <laughs> of like blood and guts to come out. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah it's, it's PG 13, which, which is fine. You don't really feel it at all, really. Like, just mm-hmm. like with some like violent stuff that you would probably expect from a rated R movie. Like, I think it's like tone and stuff still very much like feels like, like it's good. Like it, it didn't feel like it was like hampered by its rating or whatever. Like as some people yeah. thought it would be. Um, but yeah, overall I thought it was fantastic. Like, and I'm really looking forward to seeing if they are going to do a next one, which they probably are. Um, and yeah, same thing with that Joker scene. I do feel like it probably wasn't like needed entirely. Um, I, I guess it was good to like show that this Batman or Ravi like was like doing shit before then, but they already tell you that you don't really need to see Joker, but um, mm-hmm. I guess they felt it was important to show him at the end there. So, yeah, and like um, one more scene that I really want to talk about real quick is when he does the uh, sort of like wingsuit when he's like running from the oh, cops, yeah. and then and he's like, ah, shit, I gotta use this, and then like he fucks up at the end. I'm like that that's good you know seeing him not actually like land on his feet and still like learning how to use i guess like his new tech and shit like that like that was that was very subtle and also like very cool um but also the uh, black makeup i think that that's not really shown within the movies i know that uh uh christian bale's uh batman he has that but like they don't ever show him with it on obviously every single time robert pattison has it on it's fucking smeared and shit but yeah <laughs> you know at least we know or like we actually like acknowledge that like he wears black makeup around his eyes to cover himself even more. At first, I thought like when he when you know when he first showed himself as Bruce Wayne, I thought his eyes was just like really sunken in or something. I'm like, what's, what's <laughs> on his face? And I'm like, oh, it's the makeup for his eyes. I'm like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk about the deleted scene real quick because people were losing their minds yesterday about this. Yeah. Uh, so good thing we waited to talk about it. But um, the Joker deleted scene. I mean, like this shit. This shit's great, but I know a lot of people pointed out, which I agree with, um, that it's not really needed because uh, the Joker sort of just like echoes the same ideas and the sort of um, same philosophy that I think the Riddler already pointed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, still, like, it's a good fucking scene. We don't ever see the Joker like fully, fully, which I think is like a nice touch that Matt Reeves decided to do to sort of keep the mystery of like the full identity of Joker. I guess not necessarily a secret, but, you know, sort of, like, keep the viewers, like, on the edge if we're ever going to see the full uh, face of him, which we don't within this deleted scene itself. But I'm excited to see if, you know, we potentially see him within the second or third movie. Who knows? Um, But, yeah, I mean, like, the Joker is in this version of Batman, and it was played really, really well. And people are, you know, already shitting on Jared Leto and shit like that and already (laughs) making comparisons to um, uh, Heath Ledger. But, I mean, like, it's it's, kind of hard to not make comparisons to Heath Ledger. I think that 
uh, this actor in particular, I forget his name exactly, but they were just playing Batman or they were just playing the Joker. Like I like obviously like Heath Ledger's Joker is like so legendary. It's so iconic. But this version of the Joker is also very good. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think in terms of the scene itself, like the information you get, you like, it's like, you know, it's not really needed in the movie. So I agree with it being a deleted scene because like we don't really, we didn't really need this. But just seeing his performance, I thought was really good. Like, I think you know, really, he really sells the whole Joker thing. He's crazy, you know. He's a little cryptic <laughs> about what he's saying. You know, he's like threatening at the same time. But I think he like just from this five minute scene, I could already see this being like a good Joker. And you know, not just you know, we can't really see his whole face just yet. But you could tell, like, he's a pretty, like, you know, beaten up and shit. Like, even when it, like, zooms in on his mouth, you could sort of, like, see, like, all the weird, like, chemical, like, scars. Because, I don't know, didn't Joker, like, fall in, like, a chemical vat or something? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, th- I thought that was pretty cool how they um, sort of play that into his design himself. Because we, d- we don't really see that in any other Joker, really. Um, you know, he usually has the, um, the white makeup and stuff on. Like, we don't really see him being too disfigured. So, it's cool to see this Joker be a little more, like, disfigured and stuff. Like, I think that really sets him apart from the rest of them. And uh, it's gonna be nice to just have like a just a good old psycho <laughs> of a of a mm-hmm. Joker. Like, I love Joaquin Phoenix as Joker, but he's definitely was meant to be a little more like uh, empathetic and stuff. Like you're supposed to like feel sorry for him and what he was going through and stuff. Uh, it's gonna be nice to have a Joker like Heath Ledger, which where he's just kind of like just a psychopath. So <laughs> that's gonna be nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a great deleted scene. Uh, I'm sure that there's gonna be a lot more of those in the Blu-ray set or whatever because. Uh, apparently, you know, this movie was going to be over three hours long, but they were like, my Lord. <laughs> yeah, nah, we got to cut it under. So, you know, and good thing that they did just because I know that, um, you know, because if it was going to be over three hours, there would be less space and less theaters for them to like have it playing and obviously less money for DC and Warner brothers to really recoup. Um, but obviously like the movie has done so, so well at this point, I think it's over 120 mil that they made or some oh shit or, e- or even more than that. I fucking forget. I saw some number on Twitter and I was like, yep, it, it's done well. So, you know, we're probably going to see more of this version of Batman and I cannot wait to see what Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson have in store just because this is, this is a great version of the character. And, you know, it, the last solo Batman movie we got was, um, uh, Dark Knight Rises and like that movie is good. I have my problems with it, but, you know, uh, seeing another solo version of Batman and this new iteration of it is very, very exciting. Yeah, I agree. Like, again, I'm not, like, the biggest Batman nerd or anything, but uh, I definitely enjoyed, like, most of the movies, and I think this is, like, a great rendition of Batman, and I really can't wait to see what they did with them. Like, I, I wonder what, like, it's kind of like where I just gained Joker again. Like, he looks great, but, it, mm-hmm. I, I, like, I, re- I just really enjoyed, like, their rendition of Riddler. Like, I thought it was just really good, so um, hopefully after Joker, we get, like, maybe another villain like we, that hasn't been used before. I think that'd be pretty neat. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, I, they could just do it as a side villain as well, like Penguin was, because uh, I thought Penguin was great in this movie too. So, um, yeah. I guess I guess we'll see for the next movie. All right. So, is there anything else you'd like to add, Good Saw? Um, no, I think that's everything. All right. So, thank you guys for listening to the Travis and Aaron podcast, episode eighty-three. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode. Later.